the best part was how the team all came together to launch this. It, it was just like being a scrappy startup right back in the day. Like we were so, I don't know what this podcast like compared to your last one. It was so fucking energizing <laughs> no, you <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, and we're taking shifts because when we done the research and launching it on Product Hunt at midnight, PST was generally considered the best time. And so we had people around the world do, doing different shifts at different time, getting up in the middle of the night to spend their few hours monitoring it, speaking to the comments on the page and optimizing as we went. Like Brian, it would be like, oh, there's a bug. Um, we'd be emailing with people and, he, and he'd jump on and fix it. Ground up. Episode 6. That was Ollie Gardner, co-founder of Unbounce, talking about their recent launch of Landing Page Analyzer. As he put it, it had them feeling like a scrappy startup again, and for him, was one of the more exciting launches they had had in years. The tool itself was years in the making, and like most things put out by Unbounce, every element was obsessed over. The design, the user experience, the copy, obviously the conversion path. And you can tell. Stephanie Greaser was employee number 9 at Unbounce. She's seen many evolutions and stages of growth within the company over the years. The way she put it, Landing Page Analyzer represents their commitment toward providing more value for users, beyond just your standard ebook and best practices model. It's this same approach and level of authenticity that's propelled Unbounce to one of the premier products and voices in the conversion optimization space. In our conversation, Ali and Steph talk about everything from Landing Page Analyzer to launching a product with five co-founders how they've scaled Unbounce to where it is today, and where they're headed next. Landing page analyzer, at first, before I had actually hopped in, reminded me a bit of HubSpot's website grader, which was, totally. I mean, a tool that they launched, I don't even know, a long time ago that, that you know, gave them a lot of initial traction. And, you know, they've refined over the years. But then the more I hopped into the landing page analyzer, and I actually have it up on one of my screens right here, and I put in one of our pages and got a 66%. So I got some work to do. Um, what, what I like about this is it's not just like a simple paste your URL and, and get a score. You know, you're, you're asking about two to three key or three to five keywords. Um, you're, you're asking for actual information, which gives it more context. And mm -hmm. so as a result, my, my test scores or my analysis is like really in depth. So I'm just like reading through here and like all the different categories that I got um, around like page speed and mobile friendliness, converted conversion centered design. Um, and then the best part is you give like really detailed recommendations. Um, like I, I, my, my, my first reaction after I had scrolled through this one time was I can't believe this is free. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's a, that's a, that's a perfect reaction. Like maybe I should keep my mouth shut. Uh, but <laughs> I scrolled through here and I was like, wow, this is, this is really helpful information. Kind of reminiscent of maybe something that I would get, um, a, a much different tool. But if I pasted like a page into Moz's keyword analyzer and it gives me like all kinds of ways to improve the page. When I scroll through here, I'm like, wow, I'm getting all that kind of information in, in a, in a different way for free. So, um, so yeah, I guess I'll stop talking about it. Uh, it's, it's super impressive. It just launched last week, week before. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, week, yeah. stoked to have you guys on so soon after. And, um, yeah, I guess just generally wanted to kick off with like landing page analyzer. Why are you guys so excited about this? It's yeah. You, you mentioned HubSpot's website grader. That was part of the inspiration. You know, we, that was one of their biggest successful growth factors in, in their early days. And we've wanted to do this, you know, as founders, as some early employees, we've wanted to do this for years and it just never got prioritized, never, it never got kicked off. And then our growth guy, Brian Hemmerich, just, uh, it, it just, I don't know, it just magically it didn't magically appear. He, he spent a long time on this, but it, it is incredible. And that's just not, you know, because it's ours. I've seen other graders and I think this is legitimately superior because like, you know, the nine things it's giving you advice on and it is advice. It's not just a score. So like, for instance, the page speed part, it's, 
you know, it doesn't just say, oh, your speed is kind of this level or something. It's it'll go into the depth of, oh, you have eight images. They're kind of big. This is the size they are. You could optimize them by, you know, by shrinking them. But it doesn't stop there. It says, by the way, we just did it for you. Would you like to download all of them? So that's so actionable. When when I saw it, I was I was just blown away. I I I would have hated if we'd done this and it wasn't good, but it's really good. It's brilliant. Steph, how long have you been hearing about this? Because you've been at Unbounce a long time, and Ali mentioned that it's been something that's been kicked around a long time. Um, how, how long have you been hearing about it, and why do you think now? Um, what, what was it that, that finally got this? Uh, like, what was the series of events that finally got this off the ground? Yeah, uh, we've been talking about, you know, things like this on the marketing team uh, that required developer chops, to be quite honest. Uh, and... Uh, Ollie used to be part developer, uh, mm-hmm. also designer, but really turned into a marketer the day he started Unbounce. Uh, and we've been doing a lot of marketing, but I do think that we needed that skill set on the team that was truly a developer, but more than just a developer, like a growth hate saying the word growth don't, hacker. Don't, don't say, say it. Okay. You know, a marketer with a growth mindset that has development jobs it's better. It's better. and Brian, um, Brian has those skills and also had the drive and determination to really like pull this thing off. And his goal, uh, was to create the best landing page analyzer out there. Uh, so I think that was that is his ultimate goal. And this was just, you know, we kicked this project off and we, ha- you know, it's out there in the wild, but there's we still want to improve it. We still want to make it that yeah. much better. So if anybody's listening, try it out, give us feedback. Um, but like Ollie said, there's some really cool things in there that are actionable, that things that you can do to your page as soon as you run it. Um, and I, I even have a story. It's funny because, you know, I... I was on the on the marketing team at Unbounce. I've created my fair share of landing pages, and um, I created uh, the landing page for our conference, uh, call to action conference. And I, you know, press published, press press publish, and completely forgot about the metadata. And Michael King stood up on CTA Conf stage and he talked about how, you know, at Unmounts, we tear apart landing pages to give people critiques to help them become better marketers. And he was like, well, I know a thing or two about SEO and I'm going to talk about the conference website slash landing page. And I was right red. Like it was, <laughs> it was embarrassing beyond embarrassing. And if I had the landing page analyzer three years ago, it would have saved my ass. So yeah, that's <laughs> one of the other cool things. It's like the social graph stuff. It'll give you a preview of what this, what your page is going to look like on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever. Which I've, I've said it a lot recently. QA is the most important part of marketing, outside of having a great idea, because so many campaigns fall over because. Someone either didn't think about it or they're too lazy, and you know you're throwing paid ads at something, and there's 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 bugs, there's broken links, there's you know the metadata is for an old campaign because you're duplicating your pages all the time. It's so crucial. So a tool like this is great for just like that. Oh, I did not think about that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's beautiful. It's 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 really well designed. Like not only is it super resourceful, but it's it's extremely well designed. It feels, it just feels good to use it. Like I almost wish I could print this out. I mean, and, and just like have this right. Like that, that, like anytime I see really good, clean design, I always have that, like, um, that, that sort of urge to like, I want to hold this. Like it's a, like it's a print (laughs) magazine or something, right? Like when you have like a, a really well designed book or, or something like that. And, and also this, this could be like a, uh, like a case study in, in growth. I won't say the, the, the growth H word, um, but I love how at the bottom you have like you, 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 like I can see what the editor inside of Unbounce looks like. So if I'm not a user, um, yeah. now I have like a quick preview into like what it could look like and, and you know some of the functionality. Um, like you have a video, like that's it's 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 great. Like I I I can't wait to see 
uh, like I'm sure somebody over there, you guys are always, you know, putting out great marketing. We'll have some sort of analysis on this in the coming months or mm-hmm. weeks or year or whatever it is. But this, um, I'm really curious because this is something like you can throw out almost like all your other forms and be like, this, this is going to be our like lead generating tool. Right. And it's, it's exactly it's what it's so, for. Yeah. It's so qualified and it's probably more valuable um, than, you know, than any ebook could ever be, right? Because it's so actionable. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan. So, yeah, um, well and done. It, it was the best. Thank you. The best part of it, I think, was the way because we launched it on Product Hunt and we did a pre launch landing page using their ship product. And the best part was how the team all came together to launch this it it was just like being a scrappy startup right back in the day like we were so i don't know what this podcast like compared to your last one it was so fucking energizing (laughs) 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 because you know and we're taking shifts because when we'd done the research and launching it on product hunt at midnight pst was generally considered the best time and so we had people around the world do, doing different shifts at different time, getting up in the middle of the night to spend their few hours monitoring it, speaking to the comments on the page and optimizing as we went. Like Brian, it would be like, oh, there's a bug. Um, we'd be emailing with people and, he, and he'd jump on and fix it. We looked at the form. The form initially, it began with name, email address, like all the marketing qualified kind of stuff you see on there. That was at the top of the form. So when you're at the top of the page, you click analyze my page, it comes down it's then a bunch of marketing fields and people were complaining about it on on twitter and in the comments on product hunt so i was like oh let's just reverse it let's put what you expect right put the url at the top put all of the the help helping you context like you said like the traffic sources uh keywords conversion rate of your page whether it's lead gen or what have you and the url get that in there because that's what people were expecting and then put the other stuff that's an immediate optimization of that form. And we saw the conversion rate go up by 9% with some other changes. But like doing that in the moment and seeing people react and just change it that quickly was it was inspiring. It was, it was the yeah. best, most fun I've had in years at Unbounce. Yeah, the energy in the room was awesome. And it was really, there was a big sense of team. Uh, you know, everybody was, you know, contacting who they knew in the marketing industry to check it out. And, you know, Product Hunt does have it down. They they make anybody who's super competitive yeah. <laughs> want to get there. We were, you know, we were really, like, craving that. And uh, it, was, it was just a really fun day at the office overall. And we had a goal, again, from research that Sarah Gooding, our PR person, did around, you know, you need on the day you launch to get around 800 to 1,000 upvotes in order to and be in the top three or five of the day to get into their newsletter on day two. So that was our goal. And, you know, I, I also don't like the H word, but I, there's another H word that's good. Growth hustler, I think, oh, yeah. is, a, is a better term. Uh, and we got to that goal. So we got in the newsletter. So it, it you know, because we, we like, had that target. Was it a lot of like one-on-one outreach, like work in your network? Like how did you guys do that? Because that's, that's yeah. hard. It is hard. So there was a lot of that. So there was some influencer outreach portions. There was, uh, you know, personal networks. Um, we did some email to some of some of our customers and leads. We put it in different places, but you have to be very careful. You can't ask for upvotes, any of that kind of stuff. We just ask for support. We ask people to share it. We ask people to jump in the comments, and and that kind of organically helps you you get it up that way. But it's also important who you're up against. Tesla announced their <laughs> their their semi truck, you know, thing three days later. How, how are you going to compare with that? So, compete with that? So luckily, we weren't up against them. Well, what you do is you put their page through your landing page analyzer, and you say that it's shit, and, and <laughs> kind of like piggyback newsjack off their off their release. Totally. Um, uh, but yeah, that's uh, it, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's it's a it's a phenomenal tool. Like I said, I can't wait to see. Like one of the one of the big questions I have for you guys is: so as I'm looking through this, to me, the heart. I mean, there's a lot of design and development work that goes into making something like this uh, work, but the actionable advice, like and 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 all the tips and and all the recommendations and being spot on, like 
was that just, I mean, Ollie, was that just you sitting down and like brain dumping potential things that, um, you know, could be in response to certain problems or like, how did you guys make that work? Because that, that to me is the biggest part of this whole thing is how actionable it is. Like you said. So how do you make that work? I think it was lots of people, but it started with Brian basically by, he took some of the knowledge that's from, you know, us in the company, but like on the technical side, he basically just explored everything that he could possibly reach out to through APIs or for through scraping something to, to build up the what's possible thing. And then when he demoed it to us and to me, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Okay. Can you also do that and that and that and that? Cause other people have, have other ideas of those things. And it just, yeah, it just turned into that kind of thing. But it started with him just seeing what he could pull, you know, from the code he was building. What are the conversations like on the marketing team stuff? Like, uh, I mean, because like, uh, you know, as, as somebody who's been a marketer for a very long time, to have a resource like this, it's, it almost becomes like, like fish in a barrel, although that sounds really bad because this is so <laughs> helpful, right? So it's not fish in a barrel, but it almost becomes like marketing becomes easy when you have something like this. Right, that you you can have something to point people to, that's this helpful. That's this, uh, like why wouldn't you fill this out, right? Like all the information you are giving is only to enhance your response. So I guess like what is the, what are you over here like the marketing team saying when they get a resource like this in their hands? Everybody was so excited the first time that Brian demoed it because we saw how powerful and useful it could be. And gone are the days of you writing an ebook and sending <laughs> right, it out yeah. because <laughs> my God, we're, we're past that. But now we're getting into, um, we're getting into building tools for tools <laughs> uh, and providing <laughs> much more value. I mean, you you can see uh, Hub, HubSpot does have a website reader, but Shopify, they have some great free tools that um, help businesses. Uh, they have a name generator. They have stock photo site and it's all based on search intent. So if you are looking up what should I name my business or something like that? I think they rank very high and they have this tool that helps you and then you get introduced to Shopify. So the main principle is still there. Uh, you know, when we created content five years ago, you know, Ollie and I, he, he would write eBooks. Um, we would launch them. That was to help people learn. And the same intent is there when you're building a tool for someone. You want to help them become better marketers or better at whatever they're doing, better business owners. So you're building something for them and you're building something of value. So the same principle is there. It's just, um, yeah, we're kind of done with the days of, of PDF eBooks. Well, <laughs> yeah. going to be done. There's still lots out there, but <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to continue scaling that. And especially when you, the, I mean, the part that's really hard about this and Ali, you hit on it is, the getting the design and development resources when your product roadmap, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, has enough going on as it is. So how did you finally, like, how did you, did you, was it just one of those things where it was like, listen, like, you know, this isn't going to, this is going to set something aside in the product roadmap, but we need to get this out. So like, how did you guys finally prioritize this? Well, it's because, uh, you know, we had Brian, our growth guy, he was in marketing initially, then he went to sales, but then he came back and I don't know whose idea it was to dive back into this. It may have been Corey's, but, um, so it was just that it wasn't someone from the development team. Although when we got close to launch, then there was like, uh, okay. You know, some people in dev were like, this has to be hosted properly. This needs a little bit better infrastructure. So it actually got canceled for a minute and was like, well, no, we can't cancel this. You know, we need some help. So I think people just kind of, you know, stood up and, uh, you know, put some extra effort and maybe their own time. I'm not sure to make sure that the people on the dev team who understand that infrastructural stuff were there to help us put it on a platform where it wouldn't fall over. Cause you know, that's, you know, the curse of many a, a product launch, like the, it's an online tool when it becomes popular that it can knock over your site, which is great for the ego, but terrible for, <laughs> for your targets. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would I would add on add on to that is that hiring a developer and marketing like that is 
that is something that anybody listening can take away. Morgan Brown talked about this at Call to Action Conference two years ago. He talked about his first hires on a team. And as much as, you know, he loved marketers, he was like, you know, one of my first core hires is going to be a developer. Uh, and he had some other core hires that were, you know, not just, uh, you know, a writer or a marketer. But um, I think that that also just that helps. Yeah, but that also points to one of the biggest problems in a in a growing company or, or a company of any scale, because when you do that, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And then you talk to, um, you know, CTO or director of engineering. And it's like, well, yeah, that is a really great idea. If you can find a developer who's interested in the marketing side, that's great. But are you going to mentor them? Are you going to be the person who deals with their their skill and professional development and their reviews and how you help them grow as a developer? And like, no, you're not because you don't know anything about it. So and it's like, you know, so that's great for you. But then I have a burden on my team when someone is not actually giving me benefit on my team. So that becomes political and that becomes difficult. Uh, it's what you need to do. But that's where, why you need a technical marketer, someone who can be kind of is, is by definition of their the concept of how they work. They're, they're very self-taught and self-driven. And I. I don't actually know about Brian, whether he gets mentoring from someone on the dev team, but I think he's just one of those people who is so great at teaching himself and is, is that makes him happy in and of itself. And uh, also he reaches out. He's the type of person to reach out for help and have lots of connections on the development team. Uh, so it's not necessarily this formal structure where he has, mm -hmm. you know, a manager that's a developer, but it is almost, you kind of, they're uni uh, unicorns, but they are very rare. It's like a marketer, like a marketing mindset, a growth mindset with somebody who has development skills. It's super rare to find, but try and find them. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard to find. Just like finding a CRO is, is really hard. Uh, but yeah, I. That's a challenging hire. Yeah. And it is. And often like. They're, they're not going to be, most of the time, the most brilliant developer. They just have enough to get by. That's why I'm no longer a developer, because yeah. I was really good at getting shit done, but not getting it done in a way where a developer would look at my code and go, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think what was, so in the past, I've, uh, you know, in, in growth roles, I've managed engineer like they, they weren't on my team per se but we would work on projects that were more marketing related they might be inside the product or they might be on the website or pricing page or sign up flow or something like that but I, I, I what i found was effective was really framing the problem that we were going to solve um because i mean it, it sounds patronizing everybody loves to solve problems but engineers like are, are built to solve problems right create products to solve problems remove friction make things easier to use but um, I think like what worked for me was like really framing how big the problem was and what we were going to test to try to solve it. And if we did, like what the stakes were, like what would happen if we solved this problem? And then it was like everybody just like, you know, rallied around it um, because you're right. It is hard to get some engineers excited about marketing or like the marketing site or things like that. And then, the, yeah, the political side is, is probably the hardest part. Like, all right, who's managing it then? Who's 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 doing his quarterly reviews? Who's um you know, who, who determines his roadmap? Um, is it marketing? Is it, is it engineering? Um, yeah, that's, that's tough. But I mean, if you, if, if you can have one guy doing all of it, uh, like you guys seem to have, right? Like that's that, yeah, I, I would say, I don't use the word unicorn very often, but I would say that, that, that would definitely fit the bill for that. Very much so. Very much so. And, uh, you, you, a good point you're making there is like when you can communicate the why, and that's just a cliche these days, but that, uh, that's how you can get people to kind of rally behind it when they might necess not necessarily be up for it prior. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so anyway, landing page analyzer, I'm going to put the link to it in the show notes for all the listeners um, or just Google the unbounced landing page analyzer. It's uh, I would highly recommend that you use it for you know uh, all your landing pages. Like check this out. It's brilliant. Um, I'll, like I said, I'll drop the link in the show notes. Um, but I wanted to dig back uh, a little bit both of you are going to have really unique perspectives. Obviously, Ali, you're a founder of Unbounce. Steph, you've been there for a very long time. 
um, you know, we, we've talked about this in, in different, uh, you know, mediums and on, on another podcast, Ali, but, um, just like a, a, a quick background, I guess, on how Unbounce came to be, right? Like the, you guys had several founders and you guys were, uh, friends, if I remember correctly, but before founding it. Um, and if I remember too, there was some, there was some drinking involved in, in the idea that, uh, where Unbounce <laughs> came from. Uh, so yeah, I guess just like a quick background on, on how this idea for Unbounce, you know, came about. There were six co-founders, our six co-founders, wow. and uh, no, we hate each other prior, but no, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I listened to other founders, you know, in companies when they have more than one, uh, more than a few, and it can be tough, but for us, we'd all work together in many different realms for like between six and 10 years prior to starting this so there was a lot of context between the group and so rick our ceo he was kind of the genesis of this he had two ideas and a group of he pulled a bunch of us together there's probably like 10 or 12 people initially just talk about it well what do these ideas mean and who's interested which ideas should we pursue uh, we chose the right one the other one would have been terrible I, I have vague recollection, but it was not a good idea. And at the time, it was hard to choose. But looking back, it, it was this is easily the right decision. And then over time, people filter out because you're like, oh, I, I can't commit to doing this or, you know, just not interested. And finally, we I think we're sitting on the rooftop of our apartment where three of the co-founders lived and, you know, drinking beer in the sun. And it was just like one of those fuck it let's 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 try this kind of moments and it wasn't easy because three of us were broke <laughs> and <laughs> you know scraping by trying to find contract work three had a little agency and so you know we all had to quit something and and just go for that scary like, let's try it i i think most of us are pretty into you know brisk so it wasn't it actually wasn't scary. It wasn't that scary. It was just really exciting. Um, and yeah, Rick had done. We did. Then we did some validation around the idea. We did a lot of Facebook ads, just kind of. Um, and we'd spoken to marketers. Everybody had the same universal problem. We need landing pages because we have to speak to the developers, and it takes two weeks to get something done. And then there's a typo or a bug, and then it takes them another three days to fix it. Uh, we did Facebook ads to validate people were interested, and it was just universal that it was a, a problem everybody had. When was so this, then, Ali? Like what? What? Uh, year two, two thousand nine. We officially started August fourteenth, two thousand nine. Right. So there, yeah, there's there. There was not a lot of any options to to like quickly build. You know, for, for no, there were there was one Ion Interactive did it, but they were a bit more enterprise. They weren't self serve. And then almost exactly when we started, maybe a few weeks, months after us, there was a company called Performable. They started. Uh so they were our main competitor then, and they were really good at, I think, the engineering side. Their marketing wasn't so good, but they built it in a strange way. They built a markup language instead of more of a visual builder. I think that was a bit of the, their downfall, but they were a good company, and it was nice to have someone keep us on our toes at the beginning. They eventually pivoted to become an analytics company and got acquired by HubSpot. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it all began. And... Uh... So in, the, in those early days, uh, you mentioned like obviously you guys didn't have a lot of money. So how did you, I guess, fund those first few iterations of the product? I mean, I guess it helps that some of you guys had development background or was it just you that had maybe some some chops in that area? Like how did you guys bring, you know, your your product to market for the first time with, you know, with limited funding? Yeah, we did a little bit of friends and family, like very little. We raised about 50K and then we had about 190K, this is Canadian, so like four bucks U.S., uh, <laughs> um, and that was in three tranches that was from an initial angel investor but like right early on we had a few people didn't need to take a salary so they got sweat equity and a few of us took a little bit of money uh, but skill wise very broad so there was a really strong mix of a lot of technical and a lot of creative crossover so it was very clear who was going to do what you know Carl was going to be the CTO Justin was going to build the the builder Carter would do the app outside that rick was ceo i do marketing you know day one was the first <laughs> time i'd ever considered that i hated marketers before that 
<laughs> and uh, Jason was gonna do. It's funny, Jason. We worked with way back. Uh, me, Rick, Jason, and Justin in 2000 at a startup called Blue Zone. He was art director there or creative director. So when we started, I was like, uh, because I was gonna code, build, design the website, do all the writing, all the stuff. But he had that creative background. I was a little worried, like, how are we gonna divvy this up? And then he suddenly raises his hand and says, "Hey." is it cool if I do like legal and finance? <laughs> We're like, yes, <laughs> yes, please do that. <laughs> so we were fortunate there. Steph, where, uh, at what point like, did you come on board? Because you've, how long have you been at Unbounce now? I've been at Unbounce for five years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how did you first get hooked up with, uh, with Ollie and Unbounce? Yeah, so uh, they had, like Unbounce had just raised... Um, a little bit of their seed round. We did a series A. Series A. Like 950K. Yeah. Um, And they were looking to expand their marketing team. And I applied uh, with my awfully designed landing page, but I was uh, witty, I think, and tried to be funny to make them laugh. And so I had an interview and it's actually funny because it was in a bar. Was, it, <laughs> was that a requirement to apply via landing page or was that just like, was yeah. that just your initiative on your part? No, it's still like, it's oh, still brilliant. the requirement today. That's brilliant. We, you know, and I love it. I honestly, it's one of my favorite things at Unbounce because you have so much fun doing it. You're like, what is this tool? One, you're getting familiar with the product. Two, like for any marketing role, it's great because you can see kind of the way they communicate and if they can sell themselves well or, you know, sell themselves, market themselves, they can market a product. And uh, it's a chance for you to, I mean, come on, resumes are boring and they're, you know, white pieces of paper and you kind of go cross-eyed looking at like 10 in a row. So skills include Microsoft Word and PowerPoint. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And that was like, I think there was like hardly any templates. Like we have these templates that people can use. And uh, mine was awfully designed, but uh, I managed to get an interview. Uh, Ollie ordered a beer at the bar. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to order a beer too. Uh, <laughs> is this a test? <laughs> yeah. Is this a test? Uh, should I? Should I not? And I was like, well, at least if I don't get the job, I got a beer. So I ordered a beer and the rest was history. But yeah, no. Um, and was, yeah, I, I guess uh, started in social, uh, managed our blog and then moved on to kind of kickstart our events. We'd never done events and uh, being a SaaS product, you don't get to, you know, talk to people, uh, talk to your customers, talk to the people that are interested. So uh, built up our conference, uh, happens every year, called Action Conference. And now, well, for the last year and a half, actually, I passed the conference over and it's part of my team, but um, built up our global marketing so we have a marketer in Germany, uh, Brazil, and then also Spain. So uh, uh, all they... the fun about different payment methods and all that kind of stuff. So oh yeah, pass, pass that off right. on them. Yeah, that's on the radar right now. <laughs> Very topical that you just brought that up, but yeah. So um, lots to do still there, but uh, it was really really awesome. So yeah. Um, and well, now Steph gets to have a sabbatical because that's the, that's the five year oh. five year perk. Yeah, you, yeah, and you're and you're well traveled, Steph. Where have you decided where you're taking the sabbatical? I have. I'm going to Nepal and India. Oh so. man, when is that? Yeah. That's in like two weeks or yeah, a week and a half. I'm leaving. So. <laughs> wow, good for you. Are you so are you going to be there for the holidays? Uh, I am. Yeah. Nice. Wow. What a way to yeah. spend the holidays, huh? Yeah, I already had Christmas with my family. So we had Christmas in November. <laughs> nice. there you go. Uh, so yeah, I'll be in Nepal. Yeah, yeah. It's a sabbatical from everybody, from family, everybody, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to. Uh, so I want to get back to you, Steph, in a minute on the things that were working marketing-wise when you first got there, compared to what was working now. But I guess going uh, back just a, a little bit further, Ali, like, what were those things? Like those first 100 customers, paying customers. Like, um, you talked about hustle earlier in reference to the unbounced landing page analyzer. Like what were the things that worked for you guys in netting your first 100 paying customers, 200, 500, 
Um, like what, what were some of the things that were working back then? You know, one thing, and this is for any entrepreneur when you start a business, if there's one thing I would not change, but uh, do, it's, and this is, you know, how are you going to do it unless you have a friend that does it? I would love to have had a documentarian, a videographer, someone to follow us around and capture all those moments because you tend to forget a lot of the details. I mean, that's a good benefit of six co-founders because you might be able to pull it all back together, but you forget some of the nuances. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it began with, you know, some some lead gens. It was a mixture of content. You know, we were one of the early content marketing uh, pioneers, whatever. Uh, <laughs> one of the, you know, first, uh, in the, the original wave of that, you know, the British invasion. Um <laughs> <laughs> music wise not not like conquering the world uh, <laughs> and yeah so it's, it was a combination it was our content marketing but it was also dreaming and by that i mean that one day you know because we'd, we'd have a trickle we get one new customer and then the next day another customer because we turned on our pricing page about in march i think um starting august we turned it on then uh, but then rick came in one day and he said i had a dream last night that we we're going to get six customers today and we got six customers. <laughs> so that's a that's a hack <laughs> for anyone out there. <laughs> Subliminal marketing. Just um, dream it to reality. Subliminal marketing. Yeah. <laughs> we were totally living the dream. Uh, but you know, on on like day seven, we I started the blog. I put up a terrible website, strapped a blog onto it. I wrote an ebook. Uh, which was interesting. It was 101 landing page optimization tips. But I said I was going to write an ebook, and Carl, our CTO, was like, to Rick, he's like, really? He's going to waste two two weeks writing an ebook? We've got better things to be doing right now. Rick told me this. And, you know, Steph mentioned being competitive, private hunt. I was like, screw you. So <laughs> next day, I held a two hour brainstorm with all of us, covered the wall in like about a thousand stickies. I went home, pulled an all nighter. Came back with a, a uh, an ebook, 27 pages, 101 landing page optimization tips. Like boom, slap it on the desk metaphorically because it was digital. And <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That didn't take two weeks. So then you know threw up on the homepage as our as our primary lead gen device. And I think that got us like massive, like 1,200 leads initially. And that so, that, but because I did that so early on, when we launched the product six months later already had an audience so that really helped us get some of those initial customers oh that's great so you guys were doing content marketing before you even had a product out yeah like six months before that's great yeah i bet that does that article or or ebook just because that that's so search friendly like does that still perform well today it's not an ebook anymore or there may be a link to it but now it's just i opened ungated it so it's just a really big long blog post um that is horribly out of date. <laughs> like I imagine that'd be, a, that'd be a fun exercise to go through and go, what percentage of these do I still stand behind? <laughs> that'd be a good post, right? Just cross yeah. them all out. Yeah. yeah, a lot of just red marker. Like, Re- <laughs> refer to the unbounced landing page analyzer, right? From from here on out. Totally. Yeah. Um, and Steph, when you came on, like you mentioned social and, and, and obviously ebooks and content, and all that kind of thing, we're in full swing by then and doing events. But, um, I guess like, what have you seen change from what was working when you first came on board to like, how's that evolved? Like, obviously there's, there's, there's a lot more different mediums that have largely been driven by like tech, you know, technological advances, videos, a lot easier to consume. It's a bit easier to film. Uh, oh, it's a lot easier to film. You could do it with your phone now. Um, audio, all this kind of stuff. So, like, what wh- what's the evolution that sort of you've seen take place since you've been running market or you've been working with marketing at Unbounce? Yeah. So you mentioned the word easy a lot, and I think, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, like to set you uh, up, Steph. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I would say marketing has become a lot more difficult uh these past three years because you know we're feeling the squeeze uh it's harder there's lots of people there uh that are you know writing content that are that are also like there's more competitors in the space like have you seen scott brinker's uh 
Martech yeah. landscape. If he had a nickel graphic. for every time that was shared, by the way, like, <laughs> I know. He'd, he'd be fine. Did you, he'd be fine. Did you see he posted on Twitter, if I had a beer for um, <laughs> no, a dollar for every time that had been used in a presentation, I'd be a very rich man. And so a bunch of people, I said, oh, man, I've used it so many times, you'd be a millionaire just off me. I, and he said, oh, you know what? Just buy me a beer next time we meet. <laughs> so, so I immediately jumped online and got, like, he's in Boston. He's at HubSpot now. No, I, he, so he was, you know, one of the founders of Iron Interactive. Uh, so and I, I just got a beer delivery sent oh, to the office. or something? <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And so he was pretty stoked, you know, shared it on Twitter, the photos. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, great segue story. But yeah, I mean, if you look at his infographic, everybody's sharing it. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, you know, it's real. And we're, you know, we're feeling the pinch. There's so many tools out there. Which tools do you even use for what's right for your marketing? Even informing yourself as a marketer of what tools you should use and what you should be doing. And even if you're, you are doing all these best practices, quote unquote, uh, it's, it's really tough. So, I mean, marketing is getting harder, but you know what? It kind of comes back to the competition thing. I'm like, good. It's getting hard. That means that the best marketers are going to go, you know, it's like sink or swim kind of thing. Uh, so you still have to be original and you have to, you know, be at the forefront of of what you're doing. Like, you know, the 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 landing page analyzer is, is an example of that. We, I mean, we're not the first, but we're still like we need to get on some of these things that are going to provide value and also help our business. Um so I guess some of the core principles are still there when I think of digital marketing in general, because I do think it's about helping. Like you can smell a sales pitch like a mile away, but if you truly believe in your product or that landing pages will help marketers, that's our our product, then you can educate them about what to do and how to do it better and, you know, shrink your goddamn Im images so that you're that your landing page loads faster so that you're not spending, uh, you know, wasting your PPC budget, uh, you know, sending traffic to a page that loads slowly that everybody just clicks back and then their quality score goes down. So I just think you have to be on top of your game. And um, I think that's kind of the kind of marketing landscape that I see. But I think there are things that make it easier. Like you don't have to go to a developer to make a landing page anymore. You can create a video in 10 minutes with your iPhone. So there are, there's all these tools to make it easier, but you still have to have a good you know, idea, still have to bring value to your audience. And it's still about, uh, you know, talking to other people and helping them solve their problems. Yeah, and then scaling, right? That's what something like the analyzer does. It scales our efforts because it's, you know, obviously we have to make it better and you got to build it and all that kind of thing. But it scales way better because people can just use it, right? We don't have to write the content to educate them in traditional ways. We can put the content inside the analyzer in form of the recommendations and things. And that's just way more accessible uh, for people to use. And it's way more personable. Like yeah. it's, it's very personalized. It's too, it's their landing page. It's their business. It's their benchmark. So yeah, it's not our generic advice that, yes. <laughs> that, you know, and the, and one of the biggest questions that we've gotten was what's a good conversion rate. And the answer was always this wishy-washy thing because it was the truth. It was, it was, it depends like what industry you're in, what, what, like what campaign are you running? Are you running paid ads or is this, um, organic? So I think some of that also is, you know, we're going to this place where things can be more personal, uh, and, and they have to be. Yeah. And it's interesting when you say, uh, it depends. That's like a classic, uh, when you work in the, the optimization field, that classic, answer like if you're a speaker you're on stage and someone asks you a question it's the most horrific thing in the world to have to say just test it right because <laughs> uh, it's usually the truthful answer but it's so lame so was just this... Pull this up on stage and what's your url and then just like just you know, <laughs> right, right on stage right go through the report card <laughs> yeah totally and, and because it leverages um some of our 
machine learning uh, for some of the aspects of it. So the benchmark stuff of your industry, but then the copy analysis, reading ease, word count, all that kind of stuff. So it, it does some more advanced stuff as well that, that you know people can't do. And if you are in one of the industry categories that are in there, there's only 10 of them, B2B, you will get the answer to that question, what's a good conversion rate? So you know there's some involvement there. And, and talking about like how this can, you know, this scales, is there any plan to, based on the data that you guys are collecting, like you can put out reports, right? Let's say like X percent of, you know, uh, web pages that, uh, you know, have, I don't know, low top page speeds of this or, or aren't mobile front. Like, is, is, do you guys have any plans to do anything maybe with the data that you collect? I don't know what the plans are on the team, but absolutely, because just having that, because if people put in their conversion rate, then we know conversion rate according to all of these criteria and the context of their traffic sources. So it's it's really exciting because you the, that data is just not available anywhere else. We we have some of that in our back end um, that our you know machine learning algorithm and all that kind of stuff kind of draws from. But this broadens that to beyond our customer base, and it's going to be in a simpler format. Yeah, this yeah. should this should produce more content for you guys, uh, which which is exciting. And also, there are you know we talk about landing pages, and we define it a very specific way. We talk about you know a landing page is a dedicated campaign page. So you're you know sending your AdWords traffic to a page. What page is that? But there are some people out there that, you know, they're using this analyzer and we're looking at the pages that come in that are, are websites. And that's, you know, that can be good, that can be bad, but it also is like a, an educational opportunity. Like, okay, well, this is like a landing page and here are some of the principles that will make it better. Because uh, it is interesting. We're looking at some of those pages coming in and they're like full-fledged websites. And there is a difference between those two and there it's nuances but it is important yeah and that's uh, the whole time we've been around uh, i i and we have been talking about you know why dedicated landing pages are better than your homepage for your traffic but now here's some simple evidence if you have a landing page and you have your website obviously run them both through and see how it scores them differently so now it's a little bit more independent evidence based on the two things you have so i think that's a great exercise for people if they have both yeah, that's a great point. Um, it, 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 there's so many possibilities that you know we we could we could have just spent the whole hour and basically we did talking about the. <laughs> but, um, to uh, getting back to 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 unbounce, um, you know the the company for a sec, in talking about scaling and and that Martech graphic specifically, 2009 the the landscape looked much different. Now, obviously, you have you know some automation softwares that make it easy for. Or, uh, easy being a subjective term, uh, but uh, enable marketers to create landing pages without leaving, you know, the, the software. Uh, does that, I don't want to say concern, has that ever been an, a, a challenge for you guys that uh, you know, the, there's there's other software that could be sort of stealing market share because they make, they, they, uh, they make it, you know, quote unquote, easier for users to create landing pages? Definitely, of course. And it's uh, it's good and bad. It's good in that you need that, you know, prod and uh, javelin through the side of your neck that kind of makes <laughs> you, uh, you know, have to try and run through narrow doorways, and which is really difficult. But <laughs> but and also bad because they do steal your market share. And we have competitors. At some of the things they offer are better than us, and some of what we offer is better than us theirs. Uh, so it's a challenge, which is why you have to evolve and release new tools. So, you know, we released sticky bars and, and overlays, pop-ups, um, recently to really get our customers on their website as well as just the landing pages for campaigns. So it's more of an overall marketing optimization platform. And then our investment in AI and machine learning is that's really going to help uh, differentiate us from anyone else, you know, we, we want to become, we will become uh, an, a conversion automation platform, which is going to be very different. The things we have in the works are really exciting. Uh, we finally, you know, we have some things we're going to productize. And I, I can't wait for that because that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a war that needs to be won. <laughs> and uh, we want to win it. And, and you guys also have, you guys have the personalities, you have the knowledge, you guys live this day in and day out and other solutions can't say that. And there's definitely something to be said there. And 
uh, I might be speaking too soon because you talked about things that are coming down the pipe. But uh, if I know you guys at all, I'm sure this isn't the case. But what I've seen in terms of like other companies, in my opinion, that's a mistake is when they sort of hit that, you know, run into that kind of friction, they they start sort of homogenizing the product and offering a million other things. Oh, well, if we offer these three or four other things that aren't related to our core sort of, um, you know, our core offering, then we appear to be more valuable. And and that sort of just waters it down where you guys have always stayed focused on conversion optimization, whether that's through landing pages, you've talked about the sticky bars, like everything is still central to that theme of conversion rate optimization. You guys eat, sleep and breathe that. Ollie, you speak on it everywhere. Steph, you've helped run events, the conversion road trip that I was a part of a few years ago. The CTA, con- like you guys like eat, sleep and breathe that. So, I mean, as somebody that, you know, observes from the outside, that c- you can never steal that, right? That market share. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm excited to see like what, what else you guys have in coming down the roadmap, but, uh, it's, it's just been impressive to see that you guys haven't caved to that. I guess, really easy temptation of like, oh, well, let's just open this up and start offering things that maybe aren't central to our core, like philosophy and theme. And you guys, you guys totally kill that, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you. And also, you definitely can't steal our customer success team. Our support is by far uh, beats the, 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 our competitors and they're, they're just phenomenal people and there's no you can't compete with that and Steph what's it been like for you because you know being with a company that goes through these sort of high growth phases evolves a lot um, and being there at an earlier time like you were that can sometimes be unsettling for people because your role has probably changed a lot Uh, the people around you their roles change a lot so, um, and, and they're all good things, right? It's, it's the product of a scaling company and obviously the, the scaffolding sort of has to evolve underneath it. So what's it been like for you personally uh, in your role, um, and, and how that's all evolved, you know, in, in your five years at Unbounce? I say this to a lot of different people. They're like, oh, you've worked at Unbounce for five years. And I say, well, I've worked at Unbounce for five years, but I've, worked for a different company for like (laughs) every every single, every year and had a different role. So it's kept me interested. It's, uh, you know, there, there's things that are changing, but that's really exciting for me. And that's why I joined in the first place. And the fact that we've had this much growth, uh, has been like a wild, exciting ride. Obviously there's times where I'm like, ah, but you know, you, you kind of, you know, it's like a roller coaster. You go down, then you go up, and it's all part of the journey. Uh, and also, I think that's that's really important is the journey and the stories and the learning. Like, I think that's the thing that I take away most. And, uh, you know, it's, it's why I'm still here and really excited about our future. Uh, you know, Ollie touched on it. AI, machine learning, I know they're buzzwords and lots of people are talking about them, but like there's a reason why people are talking about them. And it's cool that we're, we're, we get to work on that kind of stuff to help the industry and help marketers. You know, they're feeling that pinch. How can we help them? Uh, and, uh, you know, another thing I love about Unbounce is that, you know, I'm marketing to marketers. So I get to use our product. Mm-hmm. And I get to experience the joy of like a product release. Like we just launched um, an integration with Zapier uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, Zapier is this really cool tool that can connect in really cool ways, uh, you know, like even Google Sheets or Slack. And anyways, it's just that kind of stuff is so cool. And I get so excited about product releases. So that's also been really, really awesome. I mean, of course, there's always the journey of like, you know, we, we used to be really small and scrappy and now we have a, a bigger team. And how do we balance speed and quality? Uh, the word process comes up a lot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a person that started at Unbounce and like, don't love that word. I'm not in, you know, an ops person, but I think of it as like a framework. Like, how can we use this framework to kind of communicate better? Uh, you know, I... I still want us to kind of fight the corporate, you know, corporate like world and always kind of work as the hungry, passionate startup, even if there's things that will have to change. Um, 
you know, it's funny, you read Amazon and how they've become Amazon and Amazon doesn't even want to be Amazon. They like fight it, right? They still want to be nimble, quick, and it's how they've stayed on top. And so I still think some of those, you know, things need to be core, uh, even as we grow. So I won't be the person on the podcast and I know there'll, there'll be somebody else like a counterpart to, to me and we'll duke it out, but I won't be the person that will be like, Oh, a lot more process. And I still want to work as, as that, uh, hungry, passionate, uh, team, right? Yeah. That's why the analyze launch was so special. It brought us right back to that. But you mentioned Zapier. Like, it is a great, it's a gateway tool. It lets you connect to like, you know, a thousand platforms. Um, we already had an integration with it wait, from years ago, um, and other tools do as well. But we made a native integration, so it's built right inside Unbalanced. You can connect to right now about 65 extra platforms above what we already had. It's just, it's it's pretty epic. That's exciting. Uh, something I wanted to, you guys have, have mentioned a few times that I, I wanted to quick uh, get your opinion on, Ali. Uh, you know, this is going back to your page fights days when you used to go through landing pages and you know, uh, basically tear people's sites apart, but like the AI bots, all this stuff, you know, there's, there's so much evolution that's going to take place in that space as it relates to marketing over the course of the next several, I mean, geez, months, years, but like, Mm. what's your initial reaction to the iterations that you see out there now with people like that, you know, just slap bots on certain pages on their sites, um, you know, maybe in place of forms or, or just trying to get people to convert from a conversion standpoint, um, if you were on page fights, you went to a, a site where that was happening. Like what, what is, I guess, like, what's your response when, when you see that kind of stuff? Is it, is it helpful? Is it a big step in the right direction or, or is there still a lot uh, in terms of like application that we still haven't seen yet in terms of like AI and, and bots and all that kind of stuff? It's, we're, we're, we've barely really begun, uh, I don't think. And when you say, you know, what's it, what does it feel like? What, how would I react? Uh, the truth is, when it's good, you don't even notice. Uh, you might notice when it's bad, because then it, it just feels like a, an unnatural experience. But you touch on forms. Like part of my my current talk about data-driven design, the example I use throughout it is a conversational form, which is it's, it's a really cool new design trend. I talk about design trends all the time and how terrible they are for conversion, because they don't ever get validated. Uh, so I've been working, uh, th- this was created by an agency in Copenhagen called Space 10. They're really big on kind of humanizing the web. So they came up with this, this script, which turns a regular form into a conversational form. So it looks like a chat um, or a chat bot, depending on how you perceive it. So I've been doing a lot of experimentation to qualify its its position, its ability to create a better or worse experience for conversion, but also in terms of how people interpret it. And it's fascinating. And, and this actually has changed my entire perspective of conversion optimization. Uh, now, the last kind of headline I wrote down as maybe for a talk title was conversion rates are dead, use micrometrics instead. Uh, because typically when you run an A-B test, like 90% of tests flatline, nothing wins. And what yeah. happens then is you either go, oh, well, I like the new shiny one because it's it's more up to date with our current visual brand, visual identity. So you put that live or you just go, ah, I didn't win back to the drawing board and you leave the other one because you only looked at the conversion rate. You can't do that. You have to look at the nuanced micrometrics. So in the case of the conversational form, uh, I was really concerned because it might feel like a bot that people would put in fake email addresses out of fear, right? Cause they're like, this is unfamiliar territory. I don't know what's happening. I don't see form fields, so I don't know how many questions there are going to be. So they might put in fake data, and I looked at it, compared in the in the test I ran between that and a regular form, there were a 150% increase in fake email addresses. So that, if you were looking at an A-B test, even if uh, that one won, if you hadn't looked at the data that you were collecting, you would have destroyed everything because you have all this worthless data coming in. They're not real leads but you thought it was a winner or you thought it tied and it was worth just pushing forward. So my entire process and everything I do around conversion optimization has changed through the exploration of this new modern uh, interaction model that will be, this time it's not, but it'll be the kind of thing that AI is is producing for us. 
man that, that that makes me really excited to see what you guys have in store coming down the roadmap because yeah i i think all these kind of advancements are going to make you know this type of technology and and, and specifically your software just i, I mean the possibilities are, are are super exciting and as somebody who's who's growth oriented uh and obviously a marketer like i i can't wait i mean uh, yeah so super excited about what you guys are working on uh uh, I'm not sure if I said congratulations at the beginning, but the, the landing page analyzer, obviously I'm a big fan. So congrats on that, on a, on a success, successful launch. Can't wait to see like all, all the success you guys have with that and what becomes of that in terms of future content and how that continues to improve. But most of all, thank you guys both for, I mean, you were super generous with your time spending an hour like this, just chopping the wood. So, uh, thanks Ali. Thanks Steph for coming on and, and, and talking. This was, this was super exciting. I had a lot of fun. Our pleasure. It's always wonderful talking with you, John. So thanks for having us on. Yeah, ditto. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. And also, yeah, Ollie and I together on a <laughs> podcast has been awesome. It's great. It's just, we've done was this, was this like the this. first time? or Second. We did one last week, right? Yeah, it it's kind of cool because you get a riff off of each other. Yeah. yeah, anyways. Thank you for having both of us yeah. is what I wanted to say. <laughs>